Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Now, I'm going to say that one more time. Happy New Year! Good to see everybody. It is so good to see um, so many of you back. It does my heart good to see so many of you back, and it is going to be a great 2018. Um, let me just start off um, by saying, uh, for those of you I don't know yet, my name is Rollin. I'm the lead pastor here. I look forward to uh, getting to know you and um, do life together with you. Um, but we want to send a very quick uh, congratulations because uh, Michael and Emily are now officially the hands. Michael and Emily Hans got married over the break. And we would like to say congratulations to them. So if there's uh, any love in your heart, please give them, you know, hugs, kiss. Well, keep the kisses to yourself. And then um, all the other stuff um, that might be good. So send it their way. We would also um, like to say that uh, as you are participating in the clothing drive, um, again, you may see... Uh, that we are a church that tries to uh, minister to the city, but we also try to partner with other ministries within the city um, to be the body of Christ, right? We are a church that's uh, um, freestanding, but we are also um, a church that works in conjunction with the other people of God throughout the city. So um, the specific, um, some of you have asked where we're going to be giving the gifts, and it's this Pacific Garden Missions. Uh, we've given to them before in the past, um, and it is also a ministry that helps clothe not only the homeless, but those in need. So um, please do continue to give that um, throughout the month, and we'll take it there. So anyway, it is good to uh, see you uh, this morning, and what we've been doing is starting off the year with A New Hope, um, and a series that actually has obviously, yes, been referencing Star Wars, but um, more than that has been referencing all that uh, God wants to do in our midst in 2018. And last week, what we did is we talked about the new hope that God has for us uh, when we really consecrate ourselves to God with planning and prayer. Um, today, as promised, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how God prepares us for all that he wants to do with fasting and prayer. Cole already mentioned it, um, but it is something that is important to every Christian, every believer's life, because whenever Jesus taught on the subject, he said, not if you fast, but when you fast, these are the things that you should do. So as you are living a life that is set apart to God, and we're talking about fasting and prayer today, um, what we're going to really uh, focus on is the whole idea of consecration. The idea of fasting is um, around the subject of consecration, which is really what all of our Christian life should be about, being set apart to God, being consecrated to God for his purposes, for his kingdom, for his glory. And so fasting is part of that, and it prepares us for all that God has for us. So um, just to let you know, what we're going to do is something a little bit uh, different today. Uh, usually what I do is um, I have a message that um, is just uh, teaching through the scripture. Um, today we are going to actually reference the tool that we want you to utilize if you're participating in the fast with us uh, throughout this week, and it's the prayer and fasting guide that we have online. Um, some of you have already gone to our website and um, seen the link to that. Um, if you haven't yet, please take a look. You can feel free to take out your phone and church. You can um, actually look at the website, www.secondcitychurch.com, um, and there on that website, there's a link to the prayer and fasting guide, and if you even want to follow along with what we're teaching this morning, the notes are there. Um, but what we're going to do is, for those of you who've not been exposed to the subject before, we're going to talk about the whys of fasting, we're going to talk about the hows of fasting, and we're going to talk about what it inevitably produces as we consecrate ourselves to God in this manner. And if you are looking, if you're uh, looking for something that can help you throughout the week, you can also go to our uh, Greater Ministries website, everynation.org backslash fasting, because throughout the week, there'll be videos that you can also watch of some of our pastors throughout the world who are church planting, seeing people one to Jesus, making disciples, and they are teaching um, through the book of Ephesians, which is a devotional that we'll be doing through this week as a time of consecration to find ourselves in Christ. In Christ is the subject, and in Christ is the topic. How do we live lives as in, in, in the year 2018? How do we function in Christ? And so if you want to go to that, you can um, have all of these tools where it's interactive. It's all social media oriented. So even as you're on the go, you can help yourself with that. But um, I also want to say that 
if you are going to participate in this fast, one of the things that we encourage you to do is to print out the prayer and fasting guide that is going to be on the website. This is what we're going to go through today. And again, part of why I'm going through the introduction is because some people might not think to actually go to it, but we're giving you this introduction together so that you have some motivation you know, to actually get started with it. But as you print it out, um, it's actually good because it acts as not only a devotional, but actually a journal that you can write on. Um, so as you are praying, as God himself is stirring your heart and speaking to you about certain things as you consecrate yourself to him, these are things that you can write down and journal with together. And what I love particularly about this um, Bible study is that it's full of not only uh, the Ephesians Bible study, but then it also gives you um, a personal application section. And for those of you who like contemporary music, but are also inspired by the traditional hymns that you might have grown up with in a more denominational setting. Um, it's uh, filled with different hymns that you can sing throughout the uh, um, time of fasting and prayer in your worship of God. And so it's power packed and we're going to start with it today. So a new hope, a new hope coming into that new hope through prayer and fasting. Let's pray and then we'll begin. Father, thank you so much that you've given us your word. Father, we thank you that Jesus was our ultimate example of how to live a life set apart and consecrated to you and your purposes. God, we're asking you today that as you open your word to us, that you would give us great faith for 2018 and all that you want to do as we humble ourselves before you, as we consecrate ourselves to you, as we believe you for bigger and better in this year for your kingdom than more than we've ever seen before. God, we're asking that the faith level would rise by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so if you are following along, first of all, you're going to turn, first of all, to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Whenever we're talking about fasting, what we are not talking about is fulfilling your New Year's resolution of shedding a few pounds. Okay, that is often what people think of whenever they think of fasting. They think of, I want to trim down. I, I don't like popping a pill. So instead, I, I, you know, it's too cold to get to the gym. How many people found it difficult even this morning to get out of bed? Okay, it was, yeah, baby, it's cold outside. Okay, but it's in the 30s. So welcome to the summer in Chicago. And it's like, it's like, listen, it's understandable that people would ha want to try to find ways to press forward even in physical health. But when we're talking about fasting, fasting is about what we already mentioned in terms of consecration to God. And when we're thinking about fasting, fasting is literally a spiritual tool that God uses to advance his kingdom, change the destiny of nations, spark revival, and bring victory in people's lives. What we see is that when we fast, we begin each new year with five days of prayer and fasting to humble ourselves before God, consecrate ourselves to him for the upcoming year, and corporately agree for the breakthroughs that he has for us. So whenever Jesus himself was ministering, Jesus began his earthly ministry with a fast. It wasn't just Jesus saying, all right, I'm 30 years old. Now I've got the strength and the power that I need to go and do all that God's called me to do. But if you remember, Matthew chapter 4 starts off Jesus' ministry this way. Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then Jesus, this was after his baptism, was led up by the Spirit, by the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So we just celebrated last week the epiphany, and the epiphany is the revelation of Jesus as the Christ, right? Where the wise men were coming and offering their gifts. But in the historic church, the epiphany also speaks of the baptism of Jesus, when Jesus was revealed as the Son of God to the world. And it said that immediately after the revelation of who Jesus was as the Son of God, it said, not the devil, but the Holy Spirit, led him out into the desert to begin fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. I remember when I was a Christian early on and somebody mentioned denying myself any type of sweet or any type of food. I have a sweet tooth. Anybody with me in here? Could any, yeah. Can anybody live off of nothing but cakes if you want to? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, that's right. Nothing but cakes. Try it. It's on uh, Clybourne. But anyway, the thing is, is that... 
if you find yourself in that situation, you might think that when somebody, a pastor or otherwise, mentions the idea of fasting, it is the devil incarnate speaking to you through them. And you might say, why deny me my pleasures? Life is hard enough. I have enough challenge, enough struggles, enough things that I have to press through. Now you're trying to tell me my caloric intake has to decrease to serve God? And the answer is maybe. Maybe, because the Holy Spirit of God actually led Jesus Christ through 40 days and 40 nights into the wilderness to fast, to set himself apart, to be tempted by the devil. And matter of fact, the good news is not just be tempted by the devil, but overcome the devil through his devotion to God and build a spiritual strength within him that would take him throughout his ministry. And what it said is that he was at the end of 40 days hungry. And even though God himself is the provider and the sustainer of all life, even though God provides you with all food and everything that you need for life and godliness in him, there are times that he says, I want you to deny yourself so that you might model what my son did. And there was a result in it. It was not just that Jesus fasted and prayed and overcame the devil by the word of God. It said that during those 40 days, the devil was tempting him in the desert, and Jesus continually responded to the temptation of the enemy by saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. Any temptation that the devil gives you, one of the things that fasting does is it gives you a grounding in God and his word to say, my life is going to be ordered, not according to my carnal pleasures, not just according to my whims and my desires, not just according to how I'm feeling in the moment. And how many people would agree? agree with me that most times that's how we live, just based on what we feel. And instead, what fasting does is it brings that under control and says, I'm not going to live just by what I'm carnally tempted to do, but instead I'm going to live according to the word of God. And what better way to start the year than to have a time where we're humbling ourselves saying, God Almighty, I'm not going to live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from your mouth. And Luke chapter 4 verse 14 shows us that after this 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, of humbling himself in the desert, Jesus started his ministry, but he started it in this way. It said, and Jesus returned. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, you would think that he probably would have been weak, right? He probably would have been lacking something. Well, it said that the angels after 40 days and 40 nights came and attended him. And it said that after those 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. That because he was allowing his flesh to decrease and God within him to increase, that all of a sudden, when he was returning in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, a report about him went out through all the surrounding country that Jesus was ready to extend his kingdom. And when we're fasting, what we're doing is we're saying, God, you must become greater in my life, and I must become less. God, I'm denying myself the things that I think I need naturally and depending more on you in these moments. And thank God that over the course of this week of fasting, it's not 40 days and 40 nights. It's five days. I'm like, thank God. But at the same time, I want to, in those five days, return to the city of Chicago, return to the workplace, return to my family, return to the relationships that I have in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because as I've humbled myself before God, as I've said, God, I'm choosing to commit myself to you. I'm asking that you increase in my life. The Spirit of God has room to move in your life so that all of a sudden you go into the things he's called you to with his grace, with his strength, with an extra oomph from him. Why do we fast? Because we want to go into life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew he was going to need spiritual strength to fulfill God's purposes in his life. Fasting makes us spiritually strong and prepares us to do God's work. Now, why else do we fast? We fast because fasting is an act of literal humility and consecration. It's humility and consecration that enables us to humble ourselves before God, deny ourselves, and actually say, God, have your way in this time set apart to you. When you think about following Jesus, 
Jesus summarized discipleship this way. He said, unless you deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Daily. Unless you deny yourself, pick up your cross, which was death, but also spoke of the resurrection of Jesus, and choose to follow me, you cannot be my disciple. What fasting does is it literally is an act of humbling ourselves, right? Whenever we worship God, for instance, on a Sunday morning, you might be unfamiliar with settings where people are raising their hands, lifting their hands in worship, or you might be in other settings where people are literally kneeling or bowing before God. What is it doing? It is an outward expression of what's going on inwardly. God, when I lift my hands, I say, I surrender to you. God, when I bow before you, I say that you are higher and above me and in charge of my life. When we're fasting, that's literally an outward representation of what's going on in our hearts. I'm saying, God, I'm choosing not to depend on my own strength and my own abilities. God, I'm asking you to intervene in and through my life in a way that I can't on my own. And so what it does is it humbles you and it actually says faith without works is dead. And so I'm going to actually provide an act that shows my humility before God, my dependence on God. And I'm saying, God, unless you come through in my life, things aren't going to happen in the way that you want them to. We see that represented in Ezra chapter 8, verse 21, whenever Ezra was leading some of the Israelites out of their exile from Babylon back to the land of Israel. It said that they were going to go through treacherous territory. And before they were going to do that, it said, then I proclaimed a fast there. This Ezra beginning to lead his people into the promises of God at the river Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. Whenever they knew they were going into the purposes that God had for them, they said, I don't want to do this on my own. How many of you have ever had ideas from God or things that you wanted to accomplish for God or in God's name, but you wanted to run out without God? Anybody ever been tempted to do that before because you felt like God was taking his time, but you were ready to go? Anybody felt like that before? Well, in fasting and prayer, it aligns you with God properly and says, God, I'm not going to go ahead of you. God, I'm going to keep up with you. God, I'm asking you to show yourself strong, but we're consecrating ourselves saying, unless you go before us, we're not going to go. As we humble ourselves through prayer and fasting, we literally receive God's grace and have access to his heart. But number three, the purpose of fasting is that fasting helps us become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We know that we serve a triune God, which means that there's God the Father, Jesus the Son who is God, and God the Holy Spirit. Though God the Father rules and reigns over all heaven and earth, we know that Jesus sits at his right hand, standing, interceding for his people until we meet him face to face. We know that he sent a Holy Spirit to be with us and in us and live with us forever until we meet Jesus face to face to lead us in his purposes. And that God, that Holy Spirit wants to be heard. He wants to be followed. He wants to be obeyed. The Holy Spirit is God himself interacting with the Christian and saying, I'm not just an idea, but I'm a person. And as I'm a person, I want to lead you in my purposes, but to lead you, you've got to be able to hear me and be sensitive to me, right? How many people know that God is always speaking? It's just that we're not always listening, God is always speaking. It's just that we're not always listening. How do we know this? He said very clearly in Job 33. He says, for God does speak first in one way and then another, though man may not perceive it. In a dream even, in a vision of the night, to turn a man or a woman away from the sword, away from death, meaning to turn them away from sin and to the life that he has for them in Christ, right? But who is it that enables us to hear from God clearly? It's the Holy Spirit. 
And what fasting does is it makes us sensitive, sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that we're able to hear him in a clear manner. Let me say this practically. What that means is when you are denying yourself certain comforts, when you are denying yourself certain needs for the purpose of focusing on God, guess what? Your attention is going to be on him. That's the difference. Your attention is going to be on him in a heightened way that it's not usually. How many people remember being in your parents' household? And I'm only using this example now because of my own household that I'm raising right now. And they called you maybe from another room to come and have dinner or come and clean your room or come and rake the yard. These are all examples in my life. And you had selective hearing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Selective hearing. And you could use the excuse, oh, I'm too far away. Or other thing, other noise was going on around me. You might have had your iPad, your iPod pumping, right? And because you, you had another distraction, you had other things of life going on around you, it was easy to excuse the fact that you didn't have the ability to hear the one who was calling you. But whenever you're saying, hey, listen, I'm hungry, if you were hungry enough, as soon as mom opened her mouth, or as soon as dad opened their mouth, you're like, dinner? Is it time to eat? They're like, yeah, if you cook something. Or you say, hey, listen, is it time to get paid, right, if you had an allowance at home? All of a sudden, if you were looking for it, all of a sudden they could whisper something. And you were right by their door. You, do you remember this? You were right by their door saying, oh, what, were, you, were you calling me? They're like, no, that was the TV. It's not me speaking to you, but it's like all of a sudden your heart's turned towards the thing that you want to do. In the same way with the Holy Spirit, God is trying to get our attention. God's trying to get our attention, and it's not that he's not speaking, but fasting puts you in a place where you're at the ready, where you're saying, God, I'm aligning my heart with yours, and whenever you're speaking, I'm ready to hear you and run with you. Fasting enables us to do that. Acts chapter 13, verse 2, describes it this way. It says, while they, meaning the church, were worshiping the Lord and fasting. And I love that. Very simple, but it says, while the church, the they is the church. The they is not just some super spiritual individuals who seem to have it all together in God. As we often tried to have like the green berets of the Christian faith, right? The super spiritual people and then everybody else. But in this setting, it was the they of the church while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. If it were me writing, I probably would have said, while they were worshiping the Lord and praying. Anybody else? Would you have left that fasting part out? Okay, I would have. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, this New Testament... The Holy, and the only reason I say New Testament is because there's a whole brand of theology that tries to dismiss all of the examples of the Old Testament saying that they're not for the New Covenant. But this is New Covenant living. Everybody like that? <laughs> okay. While they were worshiping the Lord in the New Testament and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said something. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And we know that Saul was one who would eventually be named Paul, who was the writer of three-fourths of the New Testament letters, and all of us benefit today because this man of God, this group of people, were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and in that time of consecration, God spoke. 
and said, set apart for me these people. And they're going to go all throughout the known world preaching the good news of Jesus. And as they do, churches are going to be birthed. Ministries are going to be formed. People are going to be saved and delivered. Whole families and households are going to be restored and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And because of this, because they were sensitive enough to hear the Holy Spirit, we're sitting here together worshiping God today. Isn't that good news? The A to the B. It came through prayer and fasting. But has anybody ever before looked at the Bible and then looked at modern Christianity and said, wait a minute, there seems to be a difference. Has anybody ever done that before? Anybody ever saw and read in the Bible all the great and mighty acts that God performed and said, Lord, I want to see that in my time. I want to see these miracles in my day. Has anyone ever had the heart of Habakkuk where, said, where he said, Lord, we've heard of your fame. We stand in awe of your wonderful deeds. Renew them in our day, Lord. In your wrath, remember mercy. Well, how do we get there? By coming into a place of consecration. Saying, I'm available to you, God, just as these early church believers were. I'm humbling myself for your direction just like they were. I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When we deny ourselves of natural cravings and worldly distractions, we become more sensitive to God's voice. Then we are better able to focus on God and submit to His will. And that leads directly into fasting brings revival. Fasting brings revival. Revival for our souls, revival for our city, revival for our nation, revival for the nations. How many people want to see the people of God arise and God's kingdom mightily advance throughout Chicago? Yes. How many people want to see God's kingdom mightily advance throughout the nations of the earth? That God's name would be lifted high, just like we're singing about. That Jesus would be anointed king, not just in our hearts, but in the hearts of people who don't know him, who are trapped by sin and Satan and death. In your family, in your neighborhoods, in your career circles, this is revival when God breaks out beyond just a little trickle. Beyond just a little bit of, you know, maybe somebody says, oh, I think, you know, I've grown up in church, so I'll finally start serving Jesus 20 years down the road. Or more than that, where whole families and whole neighborhoods and whole cities begin to be shaken by the word of God. Signs, wonders, and miracles break out according to his strength and power. What is it? What is it that gives people access to this? Sure enough, it's not just doing the same thing we've been doing. Isn't that what Einstein said? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results? Well, how about this? Do something different. Fast and pray. Say, God, be large. God, show yourself strong. Second Chronicles said it this way. He was talking to his people and he said, listen, if you want revival, he said, if my people, that's us, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will humble themselves and pray, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. But it's an if then. You see that? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. How many people would agree that our land needs healing? That our city needs healing? That the nations need healing? 2017 was a rough year nationally. Would anybody agree with that? And our land needs healing. And God wants to intervene on behalf and not just have the people of God trying to fend for themselves. He wants to come down and show himself strong through his people's lives. But he says, 
When my people humble themselves and pray. Fasting brings revival. Throughout history, God has brought revival and delivered nations from destruction in response to prayer and fasting. Fasting helps us prevail in prayer and intercession. And if you want to study some of those historic accounts, you can just Google fasting revival. And things will start popping up. Welsh revival. Things will start popping up. Revivals throughout this nation and the, the Great Awakening, the, se- the First Great Awakening, Second Great Awakening. Anybody heard of things like this before? In our nation and other nations. Where, where How does it happen? When the people not just tried to go out in their own energy or strength, but when they depended on God. If you want to go deeper in, in terms of understanding what fasting is for, there's a book that I would recommend to you. It's uh, called God's Chosen Fast. God's Chosen Fast. You see, it's not intimidating, okay? Can't even, see, can't even see it if I'm like standing in front of it, okay? <laughs> so like, it's that thin, <laughs> okay? It's God's Chosen Fast by a man named Arthur Wallace. God's Chosen Fast. If you're going to be studying along with us in the book of Ephesians, I also recommend this to you because if you're going to be taking on the task and say, God, help me to fast, how many people know you're going to need some encouragement <laughs> saying, why am I doing this? <laughs> okay, well, this will help you. <laughs> This will help you. Fasting also, for those of you who just want to think through things naturally, fasting is healthy. Fasting is healthy. Fasting cleanses your digestive system from toxins. Oh, that's right, that's right. Now we're going to get to the, uh, like, beach body. All right, listen. It says, it cleanses yourself from toxins. <laughs> Doctors consider fasting a cure for certain allergies and diseases. By learning to exercise discipline, fasting breaks unhealthy addictions in our lives. It's going to help me not respond to the Sprinkles tune. Right on Walton where it says, I love Sprinkles. Yes, I do. Do you know they have a cupcake ATM machine? You don't even have to go when it's like open. It has its business hours and then it has an ATM for cupcakes. Let me tell you what fasting is going to help you do. Break unhealthy addictions to deny that call. It's just healthy. It's healthy. But whenever you're going into fasting, you've got to have a plan. Now let's get practical. Let's get practical. Joshua 3.5, he said this. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. He says, I want to bring you into the promised land. I want to bring you into all that I have for you, but you need to consecrate yourself. Before God moves, there's always a period of consecration. If you want God to do something different, you consecrate yourself, and then he moves. Isn't that good news? You say, God, I want you to do something different, and he's like, okay, I want you to do something different. Isn't that how, like, even marriage works, right? If you reach an impasse, then it's sort of like, hey, listen, we need to do something different. Well, then your spouse is like, well, I need you to do something. You know, it's like, it's like this cycle. That's why we also recommend the book Love and Respect. Okay, anyway. All right. Planning your fast can go like this. Number one, you pray. Let's get practical. You can spend time reading the Bible before the fast. You can ask the Holy Spirit for guidance in your prayers. And you can write down your faith goals and specific prayer requests for your family, friends, church, and nation. Number two, you can commit. You can pray about the kind of fast you will undertake and commit to it ahead of time. You can record your plan if you print it out in this little journal here. You can print it out, and you can ask for God's grace to help you follow through with your decisions, and you can act. You can start eating smaller portions a few days before the fast. Again, we're starting tomorrow, but maybe you want to ease your way into a full fast, right? We know, again, we mentioned it before, but many of you are just returning, and so you can ease your way into it. You can plan to limit physical and social activities for the week of the fast. You can ask somebody to be your prayer partner throughout the fast and have that person sign a pledge to you. That's right. Sort of like going to the gym, right? Anybody have a, like, workout buddy? 
and you knew that unless they came and got you, you weren't going to make it there? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, fasting is similar, right? You have a prayer partner where it's like, hey, listen, you hold me accountable, I'll hold you accountable, and we're going to go after God together. While fasting, what do you do? Well, Jesus, as I already mentioned, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, was continually referencing the word of God. He continually said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so fasting, once again, isn't just starving yourself. Hear me. It is not just starving yourself. It is not just a spiritual form of dieting. It's fasting and prayer, fasting and the word of God. You focus. You can set, a time, <clears throat> set aside time to work through the devotionals. You can be ready to respond to God's word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Number two, you can pray. You can join a prayer meeting. Okay, Cole already mentioned uh, the Friday prayer meeting that we have. Uh, we're going to be breaking our fast together. Um, after that, Friday night, we also have Sunday morning prayer um, before the service at 9 a.m. You can join a prayer meeting like that. You can get together in your community groups and actually pray. Not just talk about things, but pray together. You want to join times of prayer and intercede for your family, church, pastors, nation, campuses, and missions throughout the week. And you can replenish during that time. During mealtime, you can read the Bible and pray instead of just feasting on your normal fare. You need to drink plenty of water and rest as much as you can. You need to be, <laughs> this is important, you need to be ready for temporary bouts of physical weakness and mental annoyances like impatience and irritability. How many people can just say that's practical and amen to that? <laughs> and it does not mean that you're not spiritual if you get a headache. It does not mean that you're not spiritual if you get a little bit shorter in your responses to people. But it, by knowing it ahead of time, you can catch it. <laughs> okay? Like a fly trap. <laughs> okay? I know it's coming. <laughs> All right. While fasting, that's what you can do. And then breaking the fast. If I've been praying and fasting throughout this week. How do I break it properly? Well, first of all, I want to break it by thanking God. 1 John 5, verses 14 through 15 says it this way. He says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, meaning God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Isn't that a good promise? Isn't that a good promise from God? God's like, hey, listen, if you ask me according to my will, know that I hear you, and if I hear you, know that you're going to get what you asked of me. Anybody have Amazon Prime in here? Okay. How many people expect to get what you push the button for <laughs> within at least two days? And if not, there's some sort of contract that's been broken, right? But thank God on Sheffield and Webster, there's a new Amazon store. You can return anything you don't want. But with God, you always get exactly what he's promised. He said, if you pray according to my will, I hear you. Good news, people. This is practical life. I don't want to pray in vain, do you? But he says, I promise that you'll have exactly what you've asked of me. When you're breaking the fast, you want to eat. <laughs> Again, good news. Okay, if we see you going on past the five days, we're going to have conversations. And we're going to say, hey, listen, is the Lord leading you to do this? You want to reintroduce solid food gradually. Your body will need time to adjust to a normal diet. You want to start with fruits juices and salad and then add more vegetables come on paleo diets anybody okay eat small portions throughout the day and again you want to pray you don't want to stop praying because you're ending the fast you want to continue to pray 
and trust God's faithfulness and timing. You want to carry your newfound passion for God throughout the year and be in faith to answer your prayers during that time. So the prayer and fasting starts you out, but you want to stay in faith by continuing the same disciplines that you started during this time of consecration throughout the year. This is the year of breakthrough. Many of you know Peter Aline, and I'll end it this way. Many of you know uh, Peter Aline, and uh, Peter Aline was going to come because of uh, a, a particular illness he wasn't able to. We were going to have um, several meetings with him and everything. But one of the things he continues to do is even in the midst of his ailments, he continues to pray for the church. He continues to intercede for the, uh, the people of God here. And one of the things that he felt like was a word for 2018, a prophetic word, was that uh, 2017 was a year of shaking. And if you had any type of shaking in your life, then you're in good company. You're in good company. But 2018, he felt like, was a word that God was going to reap a harvest from all that was shaken. So almost like God was shaking a tree to let the fruit come down, and then you harvest that which was shaken off. There's a whole video I could send you if you need it. And the point is, is that consecration and prayer prepares our hearts to receive that harvest in your life, in your family, in your church, in your business, in everything that you do. It's a spiritual discipline. It's something that Jesus himself modeled for us, and it's something that we can do together. So we invite you in whatever way to print out the uh, worksheet, and there are multiple days that you can check off how you're going to fast that day if you're participating in it. And again, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You hear me? So if somebody comes and says, hey, listen, I just was not up for it. I'm not fasting. Don't, like, be ashamed to come to church or something. <laughs> Talk about... <laughs> Nobody's going to come to you and be like, how was your fast, brother? <laughs> you know, that's, that, that, that's not what we're doing here. Everybody, everybody hear me and understand me. So nobody's like the spiritual police around here talking about, you know, I see that you like, you didn't lose any weight. You put, kind of put on a few pounds. How'd that happen with fasting? No, listen, nobody, <laughs> nobody's, doing, nobody's doing that around here, okay? <laughs> the point is, if you're pregnant, nursing, or, or on medication, please consult your physician uh, before doing any of this. But we want to be an encouragement to one another. The whole point is consecration. We want to be a people consecrated to God, and we can do it through prayer and fasting. Amen? All right, now that everybody's happy and encouraged, let's get the worship team back and worship God and say, Yes, God, we're ready to humble ourselves. Yes, God, I'm ready to eat my last meal. Yes, God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But God, yes, we want more of you. Amen? Amen. All right. <laughs> you can stand and join us as we continue to worship this morning. Um, we're going to sing a song that I don't, maybe new to some of you, I don't think we've sung it here. Um, but it's called Spirit of the Living God, and um, even the first line say, Spirit of the Living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Um, that's what we want to do now, even just as we've heard that message and as we're getting ready to go into this week. We want to just take a moment, hang on the word of God. Take a moment and just let him speak to you, whether it be maybe this is your first time even hearing about the idea of fasting and um, you know, and just taking dedicated time to pray with the Lord, or maybe you're very seasoned in it, but we want to, um, we want to start it in a place where we're saying, Lord, what do you have for us? What do you want? What are you asking of us this week? Um, we want to be sensitive to, um, the voice of the Lord. So, um, let's do that this morning. Hang 
Changes what we see and what we 
thankful that whenever we hear the voice of God, he reminds us over and over again about the gospel. And the gospel of Jesus Christ focuses us on the centrality of our faith, which is Jesus' life, his miracles, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection from the dead. We know that whenever we're asking God to move in our lives, there's nothing really even greater than that, the miracle that he's performed in our lives through his loving care and laying down his own life. And so when we celebrate communion, what we're doing is we're celebrating him doing only what he could do, his sinless life. And on the night that he was with his disciples, he took a piece of bread and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. I want you to do this in remembrance of me. And regardless of how you came out of 2017, the good news is 2018 could be a new year. 2018 can be a new mercy-filled year. Matter of fact, the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning, and this gospel, this communion reminds us of that. They says this body, which is broken from you for you, actually enables you to turn away from sin. Not only turn away from sin, but also its power in your life. And so as you remember the broken body of Jesus, you can have a moment of prayer and take of the bread and say, God, I'm starting my consecration moment in communion with you, recognizing your broken body for me. Lord, we recognize your broken body for us today. And we thank you. And on that same night, he took a cup and he said, this is the blood of a new covenant, which is poured out for you. When he spilled his blood, he said, not only am I going to break you free of sin and shame, but I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to give you the ability to come near to the God that you're consecrating yourself to. And the good news is, is that he did that all through his blood. And so whatever guilt and shame you've been carrying coming out of 2017, let him wash you this morning. In a moment of prayer, let him wash you by the Holy Spirit. Let him cleanse you by his blood. Because he also said, do this in remembrance of me. He spilled his blood for you. And as you remember the spilled blood of Jesus, you can take of the juice. So Lord, we thank you that there's an eternal hope and a new hope in 2018 because of the gospel and because of your cross, your death, burial, and resurrection from the dead. God, wherever we were in 2017, God, we come to you humbly in repentance and we say that we're yours. God, we say that we ask you that you would increase in our lives and that we might decrease. God, we're asking you that we'd be set apart to you in a greater measure and a greater way. God, we're asking you that as a church, we'd see you do greater exploits than ever before because we know our God and we run with him in obedience. Lord, we're asking you that you would cleanse our hearts and make us people who are worthy of you, that we, even as a study is going to talk about this week, we might find ourselves continually in Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, we love you. Amen.